You're listening to a message from Victory Dumaguete. Now, today we're down to the second installment of our series, Unwrapping the Present. Okay? If it's not obvious, of course, this is our Christmas series. And the goal of this series is basically for us to have a deeper understanding of the person and work of Jesus Christ. Because as we know, by Christmas, yes, we love the reunions, we love the parties, the gifts, the spending time together. But the main thing of why we celebrate Christmas is, of course, Jesus Christ. So it will be of great benefit for us to all the more grow in understanding and appreciation of who Christ is and His work and His ministry. So that being said, we'll go back to John chapter 1. And the first week when we had this series, when we kicked it off, we're in John chapter 1. And still, we're in John chapter 1 for today. But kindly go to verses 29 to 34. Okay, again, John chapter 1, verse 29 to 34. This will be our main passage for this evening. So if you're there, whether in your phones or physical Bibles, can I request everyone to please stand in reverence of the word as we read of it all together. So it says here in verse 29, The next day he, John, saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, but he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. So once again, okay, we're in John chapter 1. In the first week, we talked about Jesus. We talked about the Logos. And now, in John chapter 1, we have here, uh, not, uh, not, not John the Apostle, but John the Baptizer. Okay? And see, John says here in verse 29, this is, this is probably after Jesus' baptism, after he went to the wilderness and came back. After that, says here, the next day, Jesus came toward him, toward John, and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, for many of us, we are familiar with a statement. We have, we have heard songs about it. You know, Jesus, the Lamb of God. Well, today we'll expound on that. What does it truly mean? But before I get to those words, I want to focus on one key word there, which is the word behold. Can everyone say behold? Okay? Behold. Behold. Okay? When you say the word behold, it means be sure to see this. Or look at this. Kung sabisaya ba, lantawa ni. Have you ever told your friend or your, your family member to look at something na eager kayo kang makita sila? Ay, lantawa ni. Okay? Perhaps when you're younger, malantawa akong grado. Okay? Pasar, uh, ako ang highest. Lantawa akong diploma or whatever. Lantawa yung nakita na ako. Or perhaps right now, if you have certain videos you, you see in social media, you want people to see them and laugh with you, lantawa ni nakita na akong video. Sa, sa TikTok or sa YouTube or sa Reels bag. When we, when, we, when we want to get people's attention and have them see you know, and give their focus on something, watch this. Well, here, John is saying roughly that, okay, in, in their own language. He says, behold. When you use that term, okay, that has weight. Meaning, you, you don't just say, behold, if that something has no significance. If wala lang siya, if this is importante, you won't tell people, behold, look at this, be sure to see this. But for John to say that, it means that what he has to say afterwards, talking about Jesus, is of utmost importance. 
Okay? Meaning, importante kayo ang kanyang iingon niya. And I want to... Uh, I want to start with God because again, we're used to that phrase, that statement, the Lamb of God. We've heard about it, heard of songs about it. But the question is, do we really know what it means? What it means, the Lamb of God, ni John, kang Jesus. And perhaps, you know, question I mean, if you think about it, of all the animals John could have used to refer to Jesus, why the Lamb? I mean, would you want, if you were given a choice, if I was to use an animal to reference you, would you want, diba, uh, more fierce, cool animal, like lion, tiger, somebody, ha? Kasi yung animal? Ha? Karabaw? Hindi ko lang. Kasi kanya yung animal? Okay ba? I mean, imagine if, if I was to say, ah, si Brile, okay, ang, ang leon ng dumagete or something like that. <laughs> or si, si Kevin, ang tigre ng sibulan. Okay nga na. But anyway, like, wait if you use mga fears, mga, mga makadlong, mga intimidating animals. But for John, he, he says na, hey, behold, look at this guy. He is what? He is the wolf, the, the bear, the, the, the mighty eagle. No, he says, here is the Lamb of God. Now for us Filipinos, mapakatotohanan ng Lamb of God. When you, when you picture a lamb, kanang cute-cute nga lamb, ma-think ma- ninyo. The, picture the the fluff, uh, furriest, fluffiest lamb that you could think of. Ngano man, of all things to attribute Jesus. Now, perhaps for us, ma-question ta, ngano man, because for us Filipinos, when you hear the word lamb or goat or sheep, perhaps ato, kaldereta matik na to. But for the Jews at that time, when John said, here's the Lamb of God, something else would, would, come, would come into their minds. Lahiya ang pagsabot nila. Okay? When John the Baptist referred to Jesus as the Lamb of God, they, they, they must have immediately thought of uh, one of the several important sacrifices that God had instructed them to do. In other words, when, when, when John said, here's the Lamb of God, they would have thought of this word, sacrifice. Can anyone say it with me? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Now, what, does, what do lambs have to do with sacrifice back? You see, God, okay, of course, he gave, he gave his law to his people, the Israelites. Right? One of those was the, some of those were the Ten Commandments, okay, when Moses met with God in the mountain. But after that, there were several other laws. These were laws to tell the people how, how they were to live their lives that would honor God. These laws separated them, okay, or set them apart from the rest of the other people in the world. Now, when people would look at them, uy, muni mga people ni God. Because this law, or these laws, these 600 plus laws, taught them how to live their lives. And part of those laws were laws that had to deal with sacrifices, with worship towards God. Like for example, in Leviticus chapter 1, verse 10 to 11, it says here, If the animal you present as a burnt offering is from the flock, meaning sheep or goats, it may be either a sheep or a goat, but it must be a male with no defects. Slaughter the animal on the north side of the altar in the Lord's presence, and Aaron's sons, the priests, will splatter its blood against all sides of the altar. So in case you're wondering, ano man has to do with sacrifice ang mga lambs, animals were used for sacrifice. Okay, we'll, get to, we'll get to more of their purpose later, but here, they're used as offerings to worship the Lord. Okay, As burnt offerings here. Now, there are many kinds of offerings. Uh, this is one of them, okay? ang, ang, ang burnt offering. But the point is, animals, okay, lambs, they were used for sacrifice. Now the question now is, what else were they used for? We talked about worship. But there's one particular purpose we're going to look in as John continues when he says that Jesus is the Lamb of God. Because he, he didn't just stop there. He didn't just say, uh, here is the Lamb of God. Okay, that's it guys. Here's the Lamb of God. But now he's fine. He says, behold, the Lamb of God. Okay, and this Lamb of God, who 
What does he do? He takes away the sin. Here is the purpose. You see, yes, animals were used for sacrifices to worship the Lord as offerings. But here, this is also in line with another specific purpose for animal sacrifices. In, in, in Leviticus chapter 4, verse 33, these animals were used as sin offerings, okay? Meaning, if people sin against God, and you know, human nature, of course, would tell us that, of course, they would do so. They sin against God, they did something wrong, even if God gave them instructions on what to do. That they are there to offer these animal sacrifices because of their sins. Like again, example, Leviticus chapter 4 says here, and lay his hand on the head of the sin offering, meaning the sheep, the goat, the bull, or whatever the animal is, and kill it for a sin offering in the place where they killed the burnt offering. Then the priest shall take some of the blood of the sin offering with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar. And then let me just skip here in verse 35. And all the fat shall be removed as the fat of the lamb is removed from the sacrifice of peace offerings. And the priest shall burn it on the altar on top of the Lord's food offerings. And the priest shall make atonement for him, for the person, for the sin which he has committed. And he shall be forgiven. So as you see, as you see here, just to quickly recap, no? If people sin against God, they are to give sin offerings or guilt offerings. The priest would, you know, basically process that, okay, so that, for lack of better terms. They would be the ones to offer these animals, slaughter or kill these animals. And after that, um, after this process, the people, the person would be forgiven, sorry, would be purified. So, what is purpose, Anna? Sa, 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 sa sin offerings. And the Jews would have to keep on doing this because, again, every time they would sin, they would what? They would do it. So, So, but before that, you might ask, Ganuman kilangan sacrifices for sins? I mean, Tom, we don't do it now in, in Dumaguete. I mean, anyone here, you've ever come to the 5 p.m. service, namudadalang kanding? Wala, diba? Wala yung ma, asa na kanding nato ma, malita service. Ang baka na lang dung, sige ka lang. But we don't do that. But you might ask, Ganuman, and why this time they did so? Well, in Hebrews 9, verse 22, and some other verses, we get some insights why God you know, instructed them or commanded them to do this. Firstly, in verse 22 of Hebrews 9, it says here, Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Blood is required for what? For the forgiveness of sins. That's why these animals had to die. And you might ask, no man, so good? If you, if you look back in Genesis chapter 3, all the way back to the very first instance that man sinned against God. When was the first instance that man sinned against God? Garden of Eden, right? Adam and Eve, they disobeyed God, sinned against God, ate the fruit they're not supposed to eat. And what happened? When they realized they were naked, what did they do? They hid and they covered themselves with leaves. But after that, in verse 21 of Genesis chapter 3, it says here, the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. So question, asa gigganing garments of skins? Sa animals. So meaning all the way back from the very first instance, man sinned against God, blood was needed. Because again, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Why? Ano man kilangang blood? You see, in Leviticus 17, verse 14 says here, For the life of every creature is its blood. Its blood is its life. 
And so because every time we sin against God, when, when we go against Him, there has to be penalty, punishment. Much like if you break the law, what happens? There are consequences. If you break the law, there could be fines. There could be other kinds of consequences. Mapreso ka. So meaning, may punishment, may tabos mo if you break the law. How much more so if we break the law of God? If we sin against God, okay? So meaning, there will be consequences for our sins. And what happens here when the animal has to die, okay, is that he takes our place, basically. The animals take our place. They become our substitute. They die in our place. It, meaning, if you look at this animal sacrificial system, God is giving them the grace to be forgiven. Dapat sila makareceive sa punishment, sa penalty for their sins. But, but no, God gave a way to still receive forgiveness. That in, in, in their place, these animals would die. Uh, and that, that's why blood was shed, because life was needed. In summary, animal sacrifices were commanded by God so that the, in, the individual, the person, could experience forgiveness of sin. Now, the animal served as a substitute. That is, an animal died in the place of the sinner. Now, you might ask, alright Tom, so meaning, makasala sila, offers like sacrifices, then ma-forgiven sila. And if we do it again, nasasala again, balik na po sila. So meaning, they have to do it again and again and again. They would offer sacrifice again and again. Now, if they're wondering, ano man, we've stopped doing so. Ano man, you don't hear us saying that. We, we, we don't announce it. Alright guys, don't forget, service next week, don't forget to bring your rams, your goats, your sheep. We don't do that. But why man? Why have we stopped doing that if it's needed for forgiveness of sins? Where's the thing? The animal that died in the place of the sinner could only temporarily, you know, ang effect niya. It could only cover the sins of the people Temporary effect because, because what happened? After the person sins again, he has to do it again. He has to offer the sacrifice again. So meaning, So what we have here is not a final or not, how do I say this? But it's a long-term solution basically to the problem of sin. It's not the final solution to the problem of our sin. If we still had this in place, meaning every time we sin, can you imagine you have to do it again and again and again? Which is why, okay, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1 to 4, okay, the writer of the Hebrews has this to say. The old system under the law of Moses was only, what? A shadow, a dim preview of good things to come. I want to qualify lang na, this was not God's short-sightedness. God was not like, uy, nasip ko gamaning animal sacrifice system thingy. Nga, magtikna ko something else. No. What he did, what he commanded them, was basically a foreshadowing of what he would ultimately do. This whole thing was to tell people, was to show people that there's something else that he's going to do. He says here, it's a preview of the good things to come, not the good thing themselves. The sacrifices that the system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing. They perfectly purified once and for all. To those who came to worship, if they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped. Diba? If perfectly maka purify sila, maka take away the sins nato, then we only needed to do it once. But they could not do so. So, kilang break balikon. In verse 3 says here, instead, those sacrifices actually reminded the people of their sins year after year. For it is not possible for the blood of ghouls and goats to take away sins. They could only temporarily cover their sins, but they could not take away their sins. So in other words, 
Again, this whole thing, this animal sacrifice thing, was but a shadow, a preview, a teaser, if you will, of the, of the, of the actual movie to come. Muna, 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 ni God here. So, going back to our main verse. All right, we talked about animal sacrifices. We talked about sin being, you know, one of the purpose of his sacrifices is to, you know, deal the problem of sin. But of course, uh, din na siya ang final solution ni God. So what happens? This is where Jesus comes into the picture. This is why big deal ang yun ni John, behold the Lamb of God. Because he says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin. What did we just talk a while ago? Blood of bulls, goats could not take away sins, but this Lamb of God can. This Lamb of God will take away the sin of the world. Let me just break down that, that phrase once again. Firstly, John says, here is the Lamb of God. Meaning there's no other one like Him. There's no other person like Jesus. Yes, there have been lambs, sheep, goats in the past before, but not like this one. This is the Lamb of God. See, God mismo provide adding a lamb. This is very important. If we talk about sacrifices, we talk about sin, what I want to get on a third point is this word, Savior. Let's tell us it, mate, Savior. We needed the Savior. We needed this Lamb of God because without this Lamb of God, guess what? We would still be here doing those animal sacrifices. And worse, we could not even do it perhaps because we're not Jews. What they love the covenant the God with them. We, we, we're Gentiles. So, mas But thank God that the Lamb of God did come into this world. This is why, this is why John was making such a big deal. Behold the Lamb of God. Okay? I mentioned that it is Jesus. He's, he's, he's the one and only Lamb of God. There is no Lamb of God 2.0, 3.0. This is the only Lamb of God. Now, you might ask, si Jesus man kilangan? Why couldn't it be, um, say, si Abraham, si Peter, si Abraham, faithful man to? Someone like Jesus has to be that Lamb of God. Well, for someone to become a, the Lamb of God, remember, unsa mga lambs, sacrifice sila. Sa ilang sacrificial system, you, you, you don't just get any random animal. Ah, okay na ni, basta kay mutingog mo, 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 ni, kanding ni, pwede na sacrifice na to. They would scrutinize the creature. Look at it nga, make sure nga walay blemish, walay hugaw, healthy, manasakit, and then they would offer it. Why? Because God deserves the best. They would make sure nga tarong ning creature. But imagine, we're talking about the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. Can you imagine who would be, kids may maka-qualify anak, who else could do so? Only Jesus. This is why Jesus is the Lamb of God. Because in John chapter 1, verse 34, see John, he also says this, no? And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the, the Son of God. Okay, Tom, we're talking about the Lamb of God. What is the Son of God naman? When we say that Jesus is the Son of God, we're not talking about Him as the biological Son of God. When I was younger, I used to think that way. As Jesus, like, like si Brail, anak ni, mo? Ricky, okay? <laughs> Brail is the biological Son of Ricky, okay? Or something like that. what we're talking about when we talk about Jesus. Him being the Son of God is not like that. The word Son here is used to refer to someone who has the same nature as someone or something else. So when John says that Jesus is the Son of God, he's saying that Jesus has the same nature of God. In, in other words, Jesus is God. That is why He is the Lamb of God, because only He could fulfill the qualifications to be the Lamb of God. I mean, kailangan perfect and ultimate ang sacrifice. Nga once and for all nga sacrifice. I mean, who, who, kisa pa nga lang tao maka-fulfill anak. Wala sa grusa to, ha, di ba? 
Only Jesus could do so. Only Him who was God Himself and also 100% man could be that ultimate and perfect sacrifice. That's why Jesus is the Lamb of God. That's why important thing si John nga, here is the Son of God. In fact, that's why John chapter 1 doesn't begin with the, the usual Christmas stories, diba? The, the wise men, the shepherds. It doesn't begin with that. It starts with what? In the beginning was the Word. It talks about Jesus existing before coming to this world, being born as a baby in Bethlehem. Jesus is God. John, the, the other John, John, the Apostle John, okay, to John Mangod, okay? The Apostle John, his gospel was aimed to make people know that Jesus is God. Not the wise man, not just a great example, not a teacher, not even a prophet lang, but he is God. And he is the Lamb of God. And this Lamb of God who would take away not just a few sins, not just some sins, okay, but it says here, he would take away the sin of the world. It's interesting. The sin of the world, meaning uh, it, it's like the entire guilt of humanity was collected into one and placed upon Jesus. It's like this Lamb of God would take away not just the sins of Israel, but He would take away the entirety of sin and that's the world. And, and, and I like this one, what it says here, this sacrifice, this sacrifice lamb, okay? uh, He had the capacity to forgive every sin and cleanse every sinner. It, he is big enough for the entire world because this is the Lamb of God, not just any lamb, and just, not just any animal. The entire guilt of humanity was collected into one and placed upon Jesus. Which is why in John chapter 3, verse 16, what, what is the, the verse says there? For God so loved the world. If this Lamb of God, ang effect lang ani, niya, ang, ang, ang redemption, ang, ani, ang, forgiveness, for, ang forgiveness of sins, was only good for Jerusalem, would only good for the Roman Empire, whatever, it would not be for God so loved the world. But because God so loved the world, He gave His only Son, Jesus, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. That in Christ, we are able to receive forgiveness of our sins. And that is the result. As we all know, Jesus came to this world. He was born. He did His ministry. And, you know, three years later, what happened? He was crucified on the cross. Christ died to make atonement for our sin once and for all. You see, His death on the cross is not just namatay lang siya, gipatay lang siya, but His death on the cross no, it, 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 it reflects what they did to Jews before. When God commanded them to offer animal sacrifices in the temple, and Christ's death on the cross was the one final ultimate sacrifice. So if you're thinking, you know, what they did sacrifice in the it's because Jesus' death on the cross was that final last sacrifice that enabled us to receive forgiveness of our sins, that purified us, redeemed us once and for all. That is the result of what this Lamb of God did for us. He died to make atonement for our sin and to pay the penalty of the sins of all who believed in Him. This is why, again, church, what John had to say was such a big deal. When he says, behold the Lamb of God. Because again, if there was no Lamb of God, I mean, imagine, what a sad state we would be in. But because indeed the Lamb of God came into this world, man, how, how much of a good news that is. Which is why, you know, every Christmas, we celebrate the birth of Christ. But we're so familiar with, you know, you know, that thought's a good ah, birth did Jesus. We know that. We celebrate it. He's coming into this world. But may we grow in our understanding and appreciation of Jesus coming into this world. 
That Him coming into this world is God's fulfillment of sending the Lamb. The Lamb of God who would take away all our sin. I hope that we would be reminded of the church that this Christmas as we celebrate, we would just be grateful to God knowing that, Lord, thank you. You sent the Lamb. Think about it this way. There's this story in the Old Testament that, that foreshadows the coming of this Lamb. And Pastor, many of you, you're familiar with this. In, in the book of Genesis, okay, uh, Abraham, in the later years of his life, after God promised that you would have a son, at the age of 100 years old, about 100 years old, ito, he finally had a son okay, through his wife, Sarah, and that is Isaac. Okay? And Isaac grew to, be a, to become a young man, but then at a certain point, God tested Abraham and told him, Abraham, offer up your son, Isaac, to me. I mean, can you imagine if you were Abraham, you have only one son. Muna ang ginapray ni mo, muna yung pre-request ni mo, Lord, for 25 years, finally nakuha ni mo. And God says, offer your son to me. And what did Abraham do? The very next morning, early in the morning, in fact, he brought his son Isaac and I think two other servants with him to go to this mount, mountain where he would offer his son. He went up the mountain, Sarah, young son, the firewood was there, whatever, the knife was there, whatever was used to offer uh, animal sacrifices, they brought it with him. Isaac asked Abraham, Father, we have the wood. <laughs> but Abraham told him, the Lord will provide. To fast forward the story, Abraham bound his son, okay, put them on the altar or the firewood, whatever, and as, and as he took the knife and I was, I was about to offer his son Isaac, the angel of the Lord came and stopped him because God saw that Abraham was faithful to the Lord. And after that, there was what? In the bushes, stocks of thorn somewhere, there was a ram. Nike provides it, Lord. And you know, imagine if you were Abraham, you went there, what a relief it would have been that indeed, the Lord did provide. If, if, if not, it would have been Isaac there, but the Lord provided the ram, and the ram was sacrificed in place of Isaac. Guess what, church? Our situation is kind of like that. It should have been us <laughs> sacrificed. It should have been us you know, experiencing the penalty, the punishment of our sin. But Jesus took our sin. He became that lamb for us. And guess what? We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. He didn't have to do it, but He did so for us. So on the cross, makita ni mo ang, ang grace, mercy, justice, and of course, the love of God. That someone took our place, an innocent person took our place, so that we may receive forgiveness of our sins. Now knowing that, wait, now what? Alright Tom, we talked about the Lamb of God. Jesus is the Lamb of God. Wow, grabe. Ang gibuhat niya for us. He took away our sins. Included that. Now what? What do we do now back? Let's go back to John chapter 1. In verse 29, John said to the people, you know, when Jesus came, Behold. And in verse 30 to 33, he starts explaining basically, you know, his background or his story. He says na, this is he whom I have said. After me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. And I myself did not know him. Right? Well, as I sure at first, but for this purpose, he started baptizing so that the Messiah, right, the Lamb, would be revealed in Israel and the one who sent him in verse 33. God, the one who sent him to baptize water, told him, he whom you see the Spirit descend uh, and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. 
God told John, okay, go on, baptize, and whoever the Spirit would reside on and remain on, that is the Son of God. That is whom who would baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now, what is John doing here, ba? This whole thing that he's doing. What John is doing here is being a witness for Jesus. And this is what I want us to catch, church. After all that we talked about, the Lamb of God, what do we do now? What is one thing we can apply? Be witnesses for Jesus. Can you tell your statement for a while? Witness. A witness, if you go to a court, what does he or she do? He tells nothing but the truth, the whole truth. I forgot the other line. He tells the truth. Whatever he sees, experiences, indonia. Well, for all of us here today, if you're a Christian, you're a believer, you are basically witnesses of what Jesus did for you. As, re- as recipients of the gospel, you know, you've heard, you've understood what God has done for you. The question now is, what are you doing with that knowledge? What are you doing with God, what God has entrusted with you? Because, because if you look at John, he witnessed Jesus to the people. Firstly, he points people to Jesus. Okay? He says, Behold, here is Jesus. Here is the Lamb of God. Here is He points people to Jesus. Question, are we pointing people to Jesus? Whether for actions, our words, directly preaching the gospel, victory groups, one-to-ones, are we pointing people to Jesus? Is our life causing people to point to Jesus? Or is it causing people to stumble noon? Is it causing people to be turned off? I decline in Jesus. Kay, follow us on Jesus. Maldito mangyapon. <laughs> Muro mangyapon. Wala may diprensya. Are we pointing to Jesus? Secondly, he tells them of his what? His testimony. He starts talking. This is what happened to me. I was sent to baptize. I wanted to do this. And he who sent me told me that this is how I can confirm that this is the Lamb of God. He starts telling them about it. Your testimony, how God changed your life, church, is vital. It's important. Yes, of course, we preach the gospel, but you also tell our testimony. Tell people of how God changed your life, how you had an encounter with Jesus. That is important. As, as we talk about being a witness for Jesus, think about these two things. Point people to Jesus, preach the gospel, words, actions, and tell them of our testimony. Tell them of your testimony. That will make a, a, a make a great impact in the life of a person. So as I close, lang, I, want us this, I want us to understand this church. As Jesus is the Lamb of God, as that is such good news, may we not waste this good news by, not, by missing out telling other people. I mean, if you are a recipient of the greatest news of all, you, you, can, you can't keep it to yourself. You want to share it, post about it, story it, tell it to your people. Tell it well, here we have the greatest, best news of all. Jesus, the gospel, the good news. And so may we tell people about it. This Christmas, as you celebrate with your families, your friends, may we also take time to you know, be thankful to God, knowing that He sent the Lamb of God who will take away our sins. You just heard a message from Victory Dumaguete. For more messages like these, or to access other resources, please visit victorytumaguete.org or like our page on Facebook.